Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Sixteenth to go, and it's Papa's Golden Boy who has built up a seven-length cushion. Top executive to the outside of five-star general for second. Late rally from Fantastic Day. Sixteenth to go, and Papa's Golden Boy, the defending champ, is back. Papa's Golden Boy, a front-running victory. Horse racing Northwest, pretty exciting thoroughbred horse race at Emerald Downs this past Sunday, June 26th. Thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest back after a week away. And uh, we should be with you most weeks throughout this season. Maybe not Corgi Week. Things get a little bit hectic around here for our ESPN telecast. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here at Emerald Downs. And uh, let's just start off with Papa's Golden Boy's defense of the Budweiser. You know, Vince? in my story on the website, I used an old cliche. I said, a brazen display of speed, but that's what it was. And how's this for um, consistency? Papa's Golden Boy in the 2021 Budweiser, six furlongs, 107.71. 2022, six furlongs and 107.76. Yeah. Five one hundredths of a second difference. 87 buyer, highest of any horse at Emerald Downs uh, this year. My opinion, still getting a little short change. If that wasn't a 90 bar, I don't know if I've ever seen one because <laughs> he ran a pretty good field right off their toes. They never had a shot. Yeah, Bill, Bill Downs, our track announcer, called that action. And Papa's Golden Boy beaten uh, about a month earlier right on the wire by top executive. Bill, they ran 1-2. Papa's Golden Boy moved forward on Sunday. Yeah, defending a champion of that race. And just I use a term or a phrase sometimes, Ran their field off the runs off runs that runs that field off their collective feet. Mm-hmm. I'll get it out there, and uh, that's exactly what Papa's Golden Boy uh, did in that spot. And uh, you know, obviously, everyone's pointing for the mile, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, Papa's Golden Boy translates into that field. What he finished fourth last year in the mile, yeah, and he ran pretty good he in did. setting those fast fractions. Uh, but uh, sprinting wise, 
He's about as fast as uh, that I've seen around here, and uh, he is yeah. something else. Me and Joe have used the term rare speed, and he's got it. And he's, boy, Joey, we talked about it last year. He's a good-looking horse. He's big racetrack. and strong. He's yeah. big and strong and he's powerful. Pow he looks the part. Oh, yeah. I will say this, as as, imp as impressive as he was, and it was darn impressive, the, the horses behind him, the track was playing a little bit to his advantage, I would say. Inside? Yeah, and uh, speed horses fared pretty darn well on Sunday. That's the only minor, minor thing I would say. Uh, that's I would take solace if I uh, was the owner of one of the other horses in that race, maybe saying, you know, uh, maybe next time we go six and a half, that'll bring us a little closer to, to closer together. Yeah, you know, the first quarter chose him with a length and a half lead, but that was widening at that point pretty easily. And Kevin Radke, of course, sitting pretty chilly on him, of course. You've got six furlongs to negotiate and... Hey, it was impressive. I thought top executive, who ended up going off a slight favorite over Papa's Golden Boy, was in a good position early. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alex had to use that one uh, on the turn because he's seeing right. Papa's Golden Boy is out mm. there by five or six, and no one's really pressed him at all. The other speed in the race didn't get off to a, a great start. That was the horse that came in from uh, Hastings. And he didn't Any get off the storm. Yeah. Yeah. didn't get off to a good start at all. And that looked like the other primary speed. And so Papa's golden boy. Yeah. He's, he's setting uh, fast fractions, but he's doing it willingly and he's doing it on his own, not getting pressured. And, you know, Cruz is like, I got to go after this guy, but no one was going to catch Papa's golden boy on that afternoon. It was awesome. And he won the, he won his third Emerald down stakes race. He took both sprint stakes last year. He's going to be a favorite in the, upcoming governors to win again uh it'll should be a good field with top executive five-star general will benefit from a little more ground uh tom wenzel's four-year-old slews tiz whiz that's is kinda... the that's the one uh, okay. sorry to interrupt joe that was the one watching the replay over the weekend uh that that kind of impressed me he was the one making up ground from the back if you're saying it was a, a speed track slews tiz whiz was the one that was uh, disadvantaged i thought the most and uh, I thought he was running on better than even, you know, five-star general. So I'm kind of interested to in seeing him at six and a half furlongs in the next stakes race. We'll talk to Blaine, too. I guess the one kind of disappointment would be Windribbon. Mm -hmm. He finished third in the season bow, didn't move forward on Sunday, and kind of was never in it. And uh, he's a better horse than that. So uh be interesting to see how he comes out in the next one uh, in the Governors because uh, he has yet to show his best stuff in 2022, and he's a very good horse. Yeah, indeed. He was uh, four to one, third choice, uh, just a shade in front of any port in a storm in the wagering. So, uh, yeah, 10 horse field, good race, and Blaine Wright didn't win that one. That was the first stake he hasn't won at the meeting. He won the first three. He's going to be our guest, by the way, on Horse Racing Northwest. We're going to have some selections in our third segment, along with our sports shorts, uh, trivia, and uh, a handicapping angle from us fellas here. Blaine will join us in the second segment. Uh, hey, it is fireworks week at Emerald Downs. July 3rd is Sunday. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, they're going to be sold out fairly quickly. As of Thursday afternoon, there are a few left. So go to emeralddowns.com, get your tickets for the fireworks spectacular this Sunday after the races. First race at 5 p.m. Note that on Sunday, first race 5 p.m. We'll go our normal time Friday night at 7, Saturday at 2. But this Sunday after the races, the fireworks spectacular, just a fantastic low-level fireworks show. We, we use that term low-level, but boy, if you're here, 
it is right on top of you, and uh, it's an enjoyable evening. I got family and friends who circle that date every year, and they're Good. always at her. They'll be here again on Sunday. And this year, I believe it's the Xfinity. Xfinity. Fireworks Spectacular. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Wes uh, Petrie is going to give you a couple of demerits uh, for that one. <laughs> Wes, is he going to listen to Horse Racing Northwest this week? He's got a lot of things going on. Oh, everyone listens to Horse yeah. Racing Northwest. Oh, yeah. There's tons of <laughs> listeners. Hey, we have a jackpot pick six carryover for Friday night, $32,000. So that'll start in race number two. Races two through seven, Friday night, jackpot pick six, carryover growing, 32 grand. We've got that good takeout on win place show if you're just joining Horse Racing Northwest. 14.7% on win place and show wagers. That's a season long deal. Training days back on YouTube this week. We got out and shot uh, on a nice Thursday morning. Several horses, lots of different barns represented for training day. So uh, yeah, the stakes double header was last weekend. Papa's golden boy on top. Uh, boy, he was really, really impressive in 2020 as a four-year-old. Last year, he won both sprint stakes, as we mentioned. He ran big in the mile, just giving ground late. Uh, background nipped wind ribbon at the wire. Five-star general was third in last year's mile. How about the second stake or the first stake on Last Sunday, Vince won by trainer Blaine Wright. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Maybe I will, paying a nice five to one. Uh, uh, horse shipping up that have been running on the synthetic at Golden Gate. Been knocking horse uh, heads down there with a horse we know well, uh, Rebellation. Yeah. Who's out of Reba is Tops, mm -hmm. our former horse of the year up here. Owned and bred by Tom Bachman. Yeah. in California. And boy, she uh, was part of a three-horse duel and put them both away. And uh, one clear under big money rider Kevin Orozco, as you mentioned, that made Blaine Wright three for three yeah. on the year in stakes. Yeah. Well, and you have some stats for Blaine as a lead into his uh, interview segment coming up on Horse Racing Northwest. And Bill, that horse, uh, for me, it was a little hard. To, I don't even think I had her in my top four. I don't know. What did you think of her? Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't pick her. I know that. But the one that impressed me was Blazing Bella Blue mm -hmm. off the long layoff. And you know, I th still thought it was a pretty uh, good field. So for Blazing Bella Blue, everyone else had races under, under the belt in the, in the calendar year. And Blazing Bella Blue uh, made it a race and... Uh, just got beat by a neck, but uh, she's the one that I be uh, following because I'm pretty sure that she'll be here uh, most of the season. Running against older horses and uh, off the layoff, yeah. yep. you could see she was loaded on the turn, came through, uh, regular rider Alex Cruz up and uh, was uh, right there at the wire. But uh, maybe I will a little bit better. But yeah, look forward to a rematch between those two for sure. Mm -hmm. Blazing Bella Blue, our state champion horse of the year for 2021, winning stakes at Emerald Down. In fact, I think she was the only Washington bred to win stakes at multiple venues last year. And she won going sprint distances and two turns. So really maybe, good comeback for her. Maybe I will want to wait in 3-8 for the six furlongs and got an 80 buyer if anyone's interested in that. Okay. And her Emerald Downs debut, really good effort. Kevin Orozco has won a couple stakes after being our leading stakes jockey in 2021. So, yeah, some exciting stakes action. In fact, that uh, Hastings stakes, it was a three-horse finish there, while Papa's Golden Boy won by nearly five lengths in the Budweiser. Uh, weekly honors for this 
past week, Vince. I think you have those. We sure do. Kevin Redkey. Of course, we talked about Papa's Golden Boy, Kevin. And, you know, he showed some guts. He was involved in the spill on Friday night. Comes back, wins the feature race that night on Hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Wins the stakes on Papa's Golden Boy. Having a great year. So His Kevin, first stake win since here. 2008, I think. Or he anywhere, he said. Okay, yep. yeah. So uh, Kevin ro uh, was really rolling here. Our trainer... Boy, I don't. You, I was talking to Bill earlier today. We're seeing this name Shannon Simpson, mm -hmm. and she had two more wins last week. Just looking at the, doing the line this week, she's got a couple other interesting new shooters coming in. Shannon Simpson gets our trainer of the week. John Parker. John's already up to ten wins in the mm -hmm. owners department. He has a six win lead there, so he's our owner of the week. Washington Brad. Well, he had to give it to Papa's Golden Boy off of that huge effort, uh, bred by Barcy Racing Stables Quarter Shoot Cafe. Groom of the Week, she's actually an assistant trainer with Vince Gibson, Ashley Potts. She does a lot of great work with Papa's Golden Boy, so she's our Quarter Shoot Cafe Groom of the Week. Very important hand in the Gibson barn you is bet. Ashley Potts. Vince often says, here, call Ashley, here, talk to Ashley, here, here's, here's Ashley, talk to her, ask her. You know, Vince, Vince uh, certainly is out there observing all the time and some of the details on breeding, and she always has those answers. But, uh, yeah, they've got a real prize in their barn. Again, in Papa's Golden Boy. Uh, has Barcy Racing ever had the Washington Bread of the Week? Oh, boy. They, <laughs> if I, You know, I could pre-tabulate that up pretty easily. And they, well, they probably won at the same percentage as Harbor the Gold. That was, he's yeah. now got 71 stakes wins with that latest one. Next closest, Slew Ledoux with 27 stakes wins at Emerald Downs. Wow. So that's dominance. That really is. Uh, you know, and this is a six-year-old. And, of course, we just know his prowess with two and three-year-olds and, and stakes and this papa's golden boy just seemingly getting better in fact didn't vince gibson say in the winter circle he'd, he'd never been better i think so according to him all right well there is uh, the the uh, honors of the week and uh news and notes updated at emeralddowns.com they're up there yep uh latest edition went up this morning yes sir Harbor the Gold, the leading sire at the meet? He is, but only by one. Okay. He's got seven. One th interesting thing, and this is about as close as it's ever been, Washington Breds uh, have 42 wins, but Kentucky breathing right down their neck with 41. I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, and it's it's many, most years it's been over 50% right. Washington Bred winners at the right. meet. So right now it's 30. Yeah. So Kevin Radke, just, you brought him up. Uh, he hadn't won a stake since 08. He had that good run here. 02 to 08 and i i'm sure you guys have all run across john i mean some of their memories for details kevin is really good at that he remembered fire trail was his most recent stake win and he started telling the story about how he got taken off by doris harwood and she put ricky frazier on and he was so happy to win that race and beat shampoo and i said i thought I thought Mick Ruiz was in, no, he goes, that was 2007. You know, he remembered all those details and he remembers rides at Golden Gate when he, uh, uh, Bill, I don't know if you knew this, but Russell Bays got hurt one winter or spring. Well, you were in California a lot. Um, and Kevin got, took over for Russell Bays with uh, Agent Ray Harris. And he was leading rider at a winter meet at Golden Gate one year when Russell got hurt. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, he is, uh, and uh, yeah. The jockeys have the good memory. It's the agent sometimes. You got to double check those stats <laughs> when, they, when they post them out there. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's see. Anything else? Again, fireworks spectacular this Sunday after the races. Um, 
and uh, we'll do some handicapping in our third segment. But let's take a short time out and come back with trainer Blaine Wright right here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited. National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. They reach the top of the stretch. And it's I'm a happy cat drifting out wide. Maybe I will to the outside of Daffodil Suites. Blazing Bella Blue gets through at the fence. I'm a happy cat relegated back to fourth. And it's Don't Kiss and Tell is now up into fourth. 16th to go. Maybe I will three wide. Blazing Bella Blue at the fence. Here comes the winning line. Maybe I will defeats Blazing Bella Blue. Maybe I will took the Hastings. And a solid finish in her Emerald Downs debut. She edged out Washington Horse of the Year, Blazing Bella Blue, and that crack dirt sprinter, Daffodil Sweet, in last Sunday's Hastings. And uh, Vince Brune, it gave Blaine Wright a victory in our first three stakes races of the meeting. Yeah, and uh, running a few numbers here on Blaine Wright. He's already up to fourth all-time in stakes, wins 49. But get this, since 2016, in stakes here at Emerald Downs, Blaine is 40 for 154, 25% wins. Mm -hmm. And uh, next closest is Frank Lucarelli with 18. He's had two horses of the meetings, any port in a storm, top executive, 12 divisional champions. Wow in that span uh, a long acres mile uh, victory of course with another twist of fate and a couple close real close calls in the mile as well blaine has just been superb blaine how do those numbers sound and hey and by the way thanks for joining us on horse racing northwest i appreciate you guys having me yeah you bet hey that is a heck of a run uh 40 stakes wins starting with the 2016 meeting uh, and frank lucarelli our all-time leading trainer leading money earner you're uh you're sure catching him in the stakes and the dollars area as he has 18 wins in stakes in that time. And, you know, uh, I got to say, uh, you've won it. We know of your barn pretty well in the lead up to the meet. But, you know, I didn't really know much about executive chef and maybe I will both stakes winners at this meeting. Uh, I'm, I know you knew about them, but uh, were they a, a surprise to you at all that they just jumped right in and won a stake here? Well, I mean, they were both running with quality animals down in California. Um, executive chef, he's obviously, he's worked, um, you know, with local connections and he trained there as a two year old and, and probably should have ran there. Uh, but he got hurt. So we had to lay him off. And, you know, the next best thing was we took him down to California and, uh, his sprint races were very kind of sneaky, good races. He, he obviously, he didn't win them, but, um, he negotiated a lot of traffic trouble 
uh, in each race. And uh, he, when stretching out, he got some shorter fields. And I also think that any time a, a maiden special weight breaker can come back and get beat ahead uh, against quality winners, mm-hmm. you know, you have something. Um, so it wasn't um, wasn't something that was terrible that we had to bring him back and sprint him. Uh, it was more of you know, the connections are local and they want to run their best horses there. So, uh, I did like my old man told me and, and that was train him like a quarter horse and put some speed back into him. And, and, uh, that's kind of what we did. So it worked out for us. Yeah. Executive chef took our first three-year-old Coulter gelding stakes, the Auburn on June 19th. And then, uh, that was part of a stakes doubleheader win for Blaine Slacktide. Uh, she was real impressive to all that watched. She was between horses, most of the early part of the race, and then just sprinted off like a good horse. The fans were behind her as well. She went off four to five. You had to be happy with Slacktide, Blaine. Yeah. Slacktide. I, I think that mare could, or that filly, she's not a mare yet, but she could probably be good anywhere she goes. Uh, nothing really seems to phase her. Um, you know, we were set up to have a stellar year last year with her, and she hurt her shin, and uh, she went on the sidelines. And um, maybe I didn't quite have her prepared for her first out at Golden Gate, but since then she's just clicking on it real good. And uh, I think she's a type of filly that can go around a ground. Um, I love the fact that she got hooked inside and outside, and it never phased her. Um, I, I hope that that Philly has a bright future. Yeah, uh, synthetic and dirt. Was it a worry at all coming off of a, a synthetic win coming into that stakes race on dirt at Emerald? And uh, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, no, not for me. Um, just because she had trained there last year, she was proven over the surface. She had a second and a first, and and um, the the idea was the whole time to bring her into training somewhere in November, December and run her down there a couple of times and then come home and, and try to compete in stakes races. Blaine, how about uh, regards of maybe I will, it's kind of interesting because she was doing really well on the, on the synthetic down there too. And uh, I know she's owned and bred by Mr. Tom Bachman down there. What was the thought in bringing her on up? I think behind that, um, it just was, we tried turf a couple times because, uh, you know, we were thinking about going into Del Mar and some of them cowbred races are on the on the turf down there. So we wanted to try her a couple times. She didn't run terrible races. She just wasn't over the top. So I told Tom, I said, hey, up at Emerald, you know, we got two black type races. She, she, she's not a route horse, so she's not going to stay for the distaff. Um, but I said, there's a six furlong. There's a six and a half. I said, there's two really, really good fillies up there. Uh, meaning Blazing Bella Blue and Daffodil Sweet. I said, we're going to run into them, but you know what? I think she's probably on the same course. The idea was to try to get some black type because Tom's a pretty good breeder, and he's going to want to breed her at some point, whether it's at the end of her four-year-old year or end of her five-year-old year. So um, in Northern Cal, they don't have a stakes program like Emerald Downs does, and I've always give Emerald the kudos for doing that because it allows us to bring some of our best horses home and and uh, you know make a life after racing for them to get to the best stallions yeah well you do like our stakes program blaine with 40 wins since uh, the 2016 meeting and tom bachman uh he seemed like a nice guy i you know don't just met him in the winner's circle everybody's happy down there but he was certainly happy and how'd you get him for a client 
You know, I have uh, I've I've prepped some two year olds for in training sales for Tom uh, when it used to be Pomona, and now it's uh, uh, the Fazic Tifton sale down south. So he's brought some babies into our barn that we've galloped and, and got up to three eighths of a mile where he's turned around and and then uh, pin hooked him down in the sales down there. So I had a decent rapport with him, and I actually had maybe I will as a two year old in my barn and got to work her two or three times. And the pandemic hit, and unfortunately, I took a huge hit in my barn where I lost, I think, 13 out of my 17 employees. So we were basically Whoa. walking for two weeks without no training, and Tom elected to give her a different trainer to Brendan Galvin because uh, his barn didn't get that hit that bad, and he was able to go on with her a little bit. Fortunate enough for me, um, I got her back, and... I told him, you know, this was late in her three-year-old year, and I said, this is really hard for a for a three-year-old to tackle older horses in Northern California because they don't have the uh, great program. So let's turn her out until she's four. And you know, we brought her to Emerald, and it's a great story because it worked out. You know, uh, most of the time it doesn't work out the way you want to, but this time, you know, it was a win-win for everybody. Playing the only race stakes you didn't win was the Budweiser, and you still got a second out of there. What were your thoughts on 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 how that race went? Well, I'd love to see a little bit more pace pressure with uh, Papa's Golden Boy, but as you guys know, uh, that horse when he's on, he's on, and nobody's going to outrun him. And uh, um, you know, we kind of thought maybe any Port in a Storm could go with him. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Wind Ribbon a little bit closer, but those horses seem to uh, have either lost a step or, you know, just aren't as good a horse early with him. And that horse was, I mean, he was dead on. Nobody was beating him that day. And, um, you know, I'm still pleased with Toxic, Top Executive's race. He ran every step of the way trying to get to him and could never make no ground up to him. So hats off to Vince Gibson and Gary Luss for their horse. And um, I think you you run that race four or five times and you probably get four or five winners yeah well i know you said the same thing about papa's golden boy last year you had a lot of respect for him uh you know when he runs his race he is tough to deal with and uh, i i don't know i thought top executive was in a good position early you know alex got him in there with as you said some of the maybe um prospective other speed horses didn't do what maybe some people thought they were going to do early and top executive no slouch running second uh, his four race emerald downs winning streak broken but boy uh he is so versatile you got a really good one there blaine and um yeah so yeah go ahead well i was gonna say he pulled up good and uh we're looking forward to i think it, what is next uh governor's yes going six and a half right yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna prep for that and it may end up being the same result, but, you know, at least I know going two turns, um, we got to soften that pace up a little bit and uh, no disgrace in, in the way my horse ran. And um, I'm just happy he pulled up well. Yeah, not at all. Well, what about the rest of the barn over there, man? Uh, maybe I will. Executive Chef coming up here and the wind stakes, you know, uh, surprised me. I didn't know much about those horses. Who else you got over there, Blaine? Well, I, I don't know if we have any more stakes horses. I got beat a dirty nostril in uh, two times in a row now with a mare named Buyback uh, mm. going around the ground, and she's good on synthetic. She's good on turf. She's good on dirt, and it's possible we could see her for the distaff. Um, we just kind of got to make our minds up in, uh, that direction. Uh, 
uh, we claimed her for 20 and she's just like went up the ladder and just been real good for us. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they elect to uh, bring her to Emerald Downs. You got uh, and then outside of that, uh, you know, uh, every horse is a good horse to us. We're just trying to find winning levels. We're trying to, we're trying to vie in the, uh, trainer standings. I don't know that, you know, we get to run enough to, to, uh, make, make a dent, but we're kind of right there right now. And, you know, I'm I'm looking to bring more horses up from Northern Cal, uh, maidens and things like that, that we can try to get some W's in the column and keep us close to the top of the standings. It sure would be nice to uh, get a, get another uh, training title, but you know, yep. um, you can't ever bank on that. We got to keep the horses down and keep them going forward. You mentioned uh, buyback. I think that was in the She's a Tiger. She ran great. And then an yeah. uh, uh, owner we're familiar with up here, Jared Chappell, uh, Chappelle Alpine Racing. I saw you in the winter circle on Friday with a nice uh, promising horse there. I think is the name Winter Falcon. Uh, yeah, Winter Falcon was actually uh, the workmate with Executive Chef last year. So we knew both of them could run quite a bit. Um, but Winter Falcon is a cowbred, uh, so he'll probably stay in California. Um, which he's not a route horse. He's a crack sprinter. So, you know, we'll probably, probably keep him down here. We're going to take him to Del Mar and, uh, see what he's all about down there. He's Ms. Mass and try to get him on turf. But, um, I don't know for the rest of the barn, we all have prospects yeah. like uh, everybody does every year with, with two year olds. We got, we got a half brother to riser that I'm hoping is, uh, can be something. And, um, we got a couple Harbor the Golds we, we, we really kind of like. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, we're just, we're hoping for the next best horse, really. Sounds good. And, uh, you know, going over to your barn every now and then, you've got a lot of familiar faces over there um, year to year, don't you? I mean, a lot of uh, returning employees. You can name them if you want. Yeah. I mean, Bastino Lopez, uh, kid's probably one of the best I've ever worked for in the business. Um hmm. You know, unfortunately, he, this is going to be his last year with me. Uh, he's going to go help his father-in-law Jesse uh, Velasquez and um, and and Lisa Bays and and be with his wife Carrie down at that other barn. And <laughs> he gave me, God, probably what eight, nine, ten years of solid, solid uh, performance every year. It's going to be tough to replace Coco, but yeah. I think that kid could go anywhere in the world and be successful. He's a super, super kid, and I would tell any owner in the business that uh, they'd be comfortable with, with having horses in his barn. And um, I got another kid named um, Salvador Mina Marodio. He's been with me before before Coco came to us, and uh, he runs a really good barn. He's a good leg man, and he, he he likes to be at the barn every single day, and you know without that, you know the kind of operation I'm running up and down I-5 from Golden Gate to Seattle and and adding Del Mar into it a little bit, I could never do anything without without both barn crews. All right, one well, uh, I was talking to an old colleague in Southern California, and we all know Juan Hernandez just won the title at Santa Anita, one of the hardest jockey titles to win for the Winter Spring Meet, and he was telling me. Blaine Wright was instrumental in Juan making that switch from Northern California to Southern California. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, nobody, you know, not a lot of people know. I, I tried to quit training to take Juan's book <laughs> way back in, uh, it's probably 2010, maybe 2011. I was down on horses in NorCal and 
and uh, tried to convince that young kid that uh, he's going to be a superstar someday. And, um, you know, here he is. Uh, you love to see it. And, and I'm glad that, you know, myself and my owners and, and my barn crew were a part of uh, help putting him on the map. And I think, I don't think he really needed us too much. He's, he's got a heck of a talent. I will tell you this. I think that the, um, the new whip rules with not having to hit so many times, that kid's always been very, very strong. And I, you know, with my dad being a rider and whatnot, I, I'd always tried to coach one. Hey, watch Pat Day, watch uh, Willie Shoemaker, watch Pinkai, watch Gary Stevens. Those guys don't ever go to the whip too soon. They, they use their hands and, uh, horses respond to him and to see him on the top stage and, you know, we're, we're going to pull into Del Mar here in two or three weeks and we got a couple calls with him. I look forward to legging him back up again. That's good. I'm sure he'll be happy to be reunited uh, with you. Bill? Uh, Blaine, you mentioned the riding crop rules with uh, the, the HESA regulations going into effect at the, the first of the month. Are you, what's your opinion on it? Positive, negative, indifferent? Um, you mentioned the riding crop rules. Sounds like you're in favor of that in terms of uh, limiting the number of, of uh, times that you can use it. I just want to get your overall thoughts on, on HESA and how it's uh, going to be implemented here uh, real soon. Well, I, I don't think a lot of us are, are comfortable with the way things are going, but what I will say is that we're all in the same boat. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a game changer for sure. Um, with the whip rules, I don't know. You know, I, I just train horses. I don't have to ride them. Um, what I expect is that if I don't have them prepared to win, then no jockey's going to win on them anyway. So uh, that's real difficult for me to comment on. Um, you know, we're going to try. We're going to try to abide by the rules. We're going to try to make this change. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, people in charge – they don't know a whole lot about horse racing. They don't do our job every day. You know, once again, these are animals. They're a thousand pounds and everything's different every single day. And you cannot make rules by a book. And sometimes you have to just go with your gut on things. And, um, I don't know what the, you know, what the give and take's going to be, but certainly, you know, we're going to do our best to keep racing, keep owners involved and, and, uh, keep moving forward here. So, you know, I, I'm kind of like the rest of the world where, hey, let's go with it. Let's give it a try and let's see what happens. Okay, Blaine. Hey, Blaine Wright, top five in our training standings the last seven years. And Vince, I think he's just one behind right now. Uh, right. Yeah, 12 to 11 going in. We're about the third of the way through the meet right now. And a couple of titles for Blaine in there as well, 2016 and 17 and uh we talked about the stakes prowess uh great start to the season blaine and uh hey thanks for getting new owners and keeping them here and running your stakes horses here helping out uh the overall program at emerald downs and in washington so hey thanks for joining us as well right on love you guys i look forward to seeing you this weekend Thanks, Blaine. Thanks, Blaine. Thank you, Blaine. Blaine Wright joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, Blaine has been, let's see, did I hit the wrong button there? Then I got it going. That technology stuff. <laughs> Jeez. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention among Blaine's fantastic well, We could go on and on, right? Yeah, yeah. But how about uh, 2018? 
in the older mayor division. Yeah, that's... you know, he, we had five stakes races and he won. No, he sweeped the division. Well, Tom Wenzel did that, which is hard enough to do a stop shopping day, but he did it with five different horses. Oh, that, I, I don't know if anyone, I mean, Woody that's... Stevens won the Belmont five consecutive years. Yeah. Of course, that has to be with a different horse because it's three-year-olds. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a tremendous accomplishment. I, yeah, it's going to go a long time before that's tired. But, but you can just tell Blaine's very intelligent uh, trainer on 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 top of uh all his acumen he learned a lot from his father as you Richard pointed Wright. out yeah. yeah and uh he's the whole package invested prospect Alford bay top quality reginella and fly far away all one older mayor stakes in 2018 that that was uh something else okay we'll be back with our final segment just in a moment on horse racing northwest the biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. This is our third and final segment. Thanks to Blaine Wright for joining us. Uh, what a tremendous start to the season he's had. And, uh, hey, uh, we've got a retired racehorse story that's uh, closely related to the Wright family. Um, Skyrider, a son of Flying with Eagles, and Sarna, bred by Dave and Jill Herensberger, who were a, a, a longtime client of Richard Wright, Blaine's father and Blaine trained Skyrider for quite a while. He had quite the career and is doing really well up in Enumclaw right now. That, uh, that'll be our retired racehorse story this weekend at Emerald Downs. Uh, what about some handicapping angles, fellas? Some short ones. I've got a uh, sim simple one here. Okay, you got horse A has been running against horse B several times, maybe two or three times in the last five starts. Horse A has been beating horse B, outrunning horse B. Well, when it comes time for horse A to run again and horse B isn't in there, I tend to downgrade horse A just a little bit because, you know, she's been, he or she has been beating the same horse or maybe even multiple horses the last couple starts. So this is a new crowd. Maybe the odds will be a little bit too low on horse A. On the converse of that, if horse A has been being beaten by horse B a couple of times in the last few starts, then when horse A runs again and horse B isn't in there, I will say, well, horse A might be a little bit uh, better odds than expected because uh, she can't beat horse B, and now she's running against some new blood that maybe she will have better success against. So there is uh, something that... I, I uh, think I follow that, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's worked for me a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill? Well, they always say pace makes the race. Yep. Well, in every race, you know, the, the early pace can be either really, really fast or really, really slow. And so I always try to identify our races that, you know, going in on paper, I'm like, well, this is a pretty fast pace. Let that race play out. Then take a look at the horses that might not have done that well in that race and they find potentially a race that doesn't have as much early speed 
those are the horses to play. I don't care if the horse finished because horses that are on, sometimes they need the lead. If they don't get the lead, they, they sour, they don't do well, but they find that they find that front end and another race, an easier race, or just a, even at the same level, but a completely different pace scenario. Those are the horses that I want. I want to take a look at because, um, there's, they're not going to be horses that are just, just one. They're not going to be obvious horses. I yeah. want horses that are a little bit more difficult to, to find. And that, that would be my uh, simple handicapping angle to yeah. throw along. And I'll, you know something? Vince has been using that exact same thing since yeah. I knew him in the it, 80s. It'll be like, yeah, I like a horse with maybe 11 starts and three wins, no seconds, maybe one third. And when he, it's got speed and what doesn't win, like you say, the jockey just, well, today's not the day we don't make the lead. The horse thing is just, so they end up getting, getting beaten 14 lengths, which clouds the form. All new pace scenario next time. Guess what? It's loose on the lead at a price. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous one. So I like that, Bill. What about if Force A was in one of those races, though? Okay. Well, that, no, was just, now, <laughs> that was an attempted. Go ahead, Vince. Uh, well, I got a very simple one right now. No, I got two of them. The first one is kind of a joke, but it's bet Alex Cruz on Friday nights at Emerald Downs. He's 15 for 25 on Friday. 60%. 60%. Two five oh, one nights, goodness. one three one night, one two one night, which is, uh, that'll work. I um, guess. The one I have is one, you know, anyone who's heard me talk, it's second time starters. Uh, you know, a horse can run poorly in, yeah. for any number of reasons, first time out. And if you like the barn, if you like the breeding, and even if the first race wasn't that good, or maybe the horse was inside or something, you can throw it out. And then uh, you're going to get a price that second out. And then, you know, it's just, you can relate it to, you know, human nature. Anything we do as humans, uh, you kind of get the hang of it. Some of us are precocious and win first time out, but others, okay, now I kind of get it. And plus factor in, you're probably going to be a little bit fitter, you know, and the screws are going to be a little more tight. And it stands to reason uh, the horse is going to improve quite a bit dramatically second time out at a price. Had one last week that Tim McKenna. Uh, made yeah, Lady Commission. There you go. Yeah, Paid, that, that was a sneaky horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's some reminders or some uh, food for thought on handicapping. Uh, selections for this week. Vince is going to stay out of that because he is our morning line odds maker for Friday night. First race at 7 p.m. Uh, in the sixth race. I'm, I didn't see the morning line, but I'm going to go to the outside horse, guys. Bill, I'm going to take Fire Escape in there who uh, broke his maiden at Emerald Downs last year, or she did, as a two-year-old. And uh, second time out this year, really big effort. She finished right in there with Enchanting Way, who's number five in the race. Fire Escape's number six for Blaine Wright. It just seems like she's really, well, she is tactical. She's got good speed, um, options from that outside post. Uh, Orozco is off. What the heck happened He's there? He's writing uh, Tam Tricky yeah, for Blaine Wright. Blaine. He, okay. he rode in a maiden victory. It's funny, Joe, you mentioned the uh, fire escape turned out to be the third, three to one third choice. I started out saying, well, I'm going to make Enchanting Way favorite. No, I'm going to make Fire Escape favorite. No, I'm going to make Enchanting <laughs> I ended up making Cielo. I ended up going completely different, making Cielo Diamante the favorite coming out of the stakes race. Yep. Because I have Enchanting Way and Fire Escape really close yeah. together. And yeah. they both drew well, and that's a good matchup. Big work back for Fire Escape as well. Bill, uh, what do you got? This well, Friday, uh, the fourth race, just a nickel claimer, now one is a two going a route of ground. And I think that's the key with uh, my selection. And it's a seven horse radiant kitten. Third race off the layoff. Both races sprints. And I just don't think he's a sprinter. I, you know, I, 
I, I, I, I, I'm looking at his pa- past performances, and I saw a whole lot of route races in Texas and Oklahoma, and he's just not a sprinter, and he's getting a, a, a route for the first time in 2022. And it's a race that, you know, that there's not, uh, it's not the, the best of 5,000 dollars or two in the world. Mayhem and chaos coming off a win got claimed, but a one at the uh, bottom uh, in a maiden claiming race going around a ground uh, did a mayhem and chaos. Now in the barn of Mike Pierce for the first time, he would be the one I'd be worried about, but I'm expecting a much better performance from radiant kitten uh, in the fourth race on Friday night. I went with you. That's that was my pick. That is my pick in that race as well. Same exact reasons. The race is not that super tough. He's a route horse. He goes sprint to route for Frank Lucarelli. Um, what did you make him morning line? Made him seven to two, and and we'll uh, May- take it. Ma'am and Chaos is you know like Bill said, coming off a maiden five one, but he has proven he can route out over this track and is in good form. So he was kind of the reluctant, but kind of the obvious favorite to me, but. Radiant Kitten is the seven to two second choice. Okay, so we're both on Radiant Kitten there on Friday. Uh, Saturday, seventh race, uh, sprint race, optional claimer, optional 40. Six horse field, a lot to look at in there. Mr. Stang ran pretty well in his Emerald Downs debut. Um, Forever Gold, super fast on the outside. I'm going to go with Democrat. Uh, Bill, uh, he's won two real close finishes, uh, one late last year, and then two starts in 2022, both been pretty strong here at Emerald Downs, including uh, just a, a nice game win. Kevin Radke rides for Debbie Peary on Democrat. Uh, you know, he hasn't passed a lot of horses, but he has once or twice been behind and, and finished on. What do he, you think there? Well, um if Forever Gold wasn't in the race, I really like Democrat because I yeah. think he could get loose on the lead. But Forever Gold is uh, got a uh, high octane uh, first half mile. Stamina, obviously, a huge question mark with Forever Gold. Uh, defense wins got uh, the had a real trouble trip uh, mm-hmm. last time out. Probably was best in that race uh, where he lost out Alto Ombre uh, as the trouble line did note. Uh, studied a couple times. Uh, but uh, was caught in between horses there. Then finally got to the outside, but uh, too little, uh, too late, if you will, with not enough real estate to uh, uh, go by Alto Ombre, who certainly did get the trip in there. So uh, those are probably the two that I like uh, the most defense wins in Forever Gold in that allowance optional claiming race on Saturday. Yeah, defense wins. I could have used him to get up from own personal wagering outcomes <laughs> but uh that was a troubled trip okay uh you got anything you want to give yeah anything else? Okay. One, one more on sure. saturday uh at the eighth race it's a maiden claiming for 15 and even though he just finished third in a maiden claiming for five this goes with the vince's uh, angle a second time starter the seven devils off duty Kevin Racky picks up the ride for Cassie Guglielmino and, and uh, best wishes for Cassie having a surgery. will yeah. be out at least a month uh, with that broken bone in the, in the leg, but uh, Racky will pick up the ride for devils off duty. And sometimes it's just about uh, seeing, just watching a race and, and visually just seeing a horse running on late and devils off duty fits, uh, fit that bill was dead last early on and uh, made up a lot of ground. And the race was flattered a little bit. My best is yet to come. We finished second in that race on June 10th. Came back to win next time out. A favorite in the race, Hefty Garcia for Lucarelli coming off of a very long layoff, uh, dropping in for 15. 
Uh, he, you know, he'll be the favorite, I think, uh, when he finished uh, second at this uh, class level back in 2020. To a very good horse. Yeah. But, you know, that 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 forms a long time ago. Sure so uh, we're almost a year to the uh, to the day, uh, one week, uh, uh, almost a year layoff. And so there's question marks with Hefty Garcia. Bobby Bucket certainly could run all right. So I, I, I don't mind a little bit of a class hike here. It's not like he's going to maiden special weight or anything like that. And uh, Devil's off duty, uh, as uh, we talked about, horses can make big improvements from start one to start two. And I think Devil's off duty is a candidate for that in the eighth race. Five to one in uh, Vince's morning line on the uh, eighth and final on Saturday. A Paul Treasure bred horse. Uh, had yeah. A, had a, uh, that sister won a stake here. At, or ran second in a stake at Emerald Downs. One of them won a stake, too. And then yeah. he had a first in the second. He had a couple good. Paul Treasure had a couple good D-rolls out here that year. From, yeah. Came out from Idaho. Yeah, Devil's Off Duty was a very impressive late in that race. Okay. Uh, so, Vince is just, uh, just chomping at the bit to make a selection, but he's going to hold on to his standards there and not do it publicly, being the morning line guy. Okay, we are, let's see, sports shorts. Um, I've got one, baseball. You guys certainly know this guy really well. Cesar Geronimo. Part of the Reds. Big yeah. red machine. Center fielder, batted eighth. Good field, no Minus hit. five arm and stratomatic. Wow. And, you know, I did find out, and I wasn't looking for this, but he hit 307 in 1976. His career average was a little better than I thought, 258. He saw a lot of fastballs in that lineup. So. Yeah. Cesar Geronimo, part of that awesome big red machine that did win the World Series in 75. Part of that awesome trade where they got Joe Morgan from Houston and also Cesar Geronimo. That's right. Anyway. Okay, well... He was the 3,000th strikeout victim of both Bob Gibson and Nolan Ryan. How that's about a, that? That's a great Caesar thing. Caesar Geronimo, 3,000th K for both Gibson and Ryan, uh, all-time great. I did not know that. Yeah. Bob, Bill? Was it Johnny Carson who said, I did not know that? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, nothing in terms of uh, other sports, but uh, okay. st- stick with horse racing, if you will. And it's a personal, I guess, note. I'm going down to Los Alamitos on Monday. They Mm. have uh, 4th of July racing down there. Just going down there for a day trip. And, you know, I used to work in Southern California. Never worked at Los Al. But my first race call ever on the microphone was, I believe, at Los Al. Um, At Burghardt, I was going to go out. uh, I was going to go to New Mexico. but I ended up in Colorado. I never called a quarter horse race before. And so... uh, I asked uh, Ed Burghardt if uh, if I could call a quarter horse race, and he was very kind to get the approval, and I got to call a quarter horse race, and that was uh, something else. And and so I don't think I, I last time I've been at Los Al, I, I can't remember. I, mean, I see it all the time on TVG, but I, I literally cannot remember the last time I was at Los Al. It might have been for that race call. So I'm going down there on uh, Monday, hopefully with the you know airlines and all that uh, with scheduled delays, but I'm getting up uh, the crack of dawn, if you will, <laughs> and going down there playing in that handicapping contest. So it'll be good to uh, get down to oh. Los Alamitos right on. once again in the Cypress, California, where I, I did uh, live for uh, for about six months way back when. Also known as the speed plant on Catella. Catella there. Avenue, that long oh, stretch yes. that goes all the way to Disneyland and Anaheim there. Exactly, yeah. and I'll be coming that way uh, from, from good old John Wayne Airport. 
And a handicapping contest as well. Huh? Yeah, handicapping Good. contest on Monday. It's all on the low sale races, uh, real money contest, a little bit of money thrown into the prize pool. But uh, going to go take a swing and see uh, if I can uh, connect, if you will. Well, if you connect, the teriyaki will be on you next time. Yes. Uh, favorite place. Okay, uh, well, I, you know what? I haven't been to low sale since the 80s. 1980s. I've got one sports short okay. here. And uh, someone reminded me of this the other day. This is 50th anniversary of one of the real sour points of my young career as a sports fan. The 1972 Olympic gold medal basketball game. Oh, gosh. And I just watched it again on YouTube, and my blood pressure started rising all over again. The yeah. Soviets had not one, not two, but three cracks yeah. to win the doggone thing. And finally... Uh, Alexander Beloff, uh, I think Tom McMillan, and I uh, can't remember who the other guy was. They kind of collided, and there was a long pass, and he catches it, and he makes the layup, and no replays on that one. That one seemed to count. But, uh, yeah, the, so the, the Americans to this day have still not accepted the silver medals for that. I don't blame them. Um, uh, yeah, that was bad. You learn young, and life ain't fair, and that was a good example of it. It was crazy. It was really crazy. crazy. Those were crazy Olympics that year. The, the tragedy with the Israeli athletes and several other things. And Joe, you'll appreciate this as a basketball uh, kind of aficionado. Do you know how many players scored in double figures? The final score was 51-50 for the USSR. Only one player was in double figures in that game. Doug Collins? No. Mm-hmm. Sir, I mean, for the whole game for both. Sergey Beloff. The Alexander Beloff got the winning basket. He only had eight points. Sergey Beloff, his brother, had 20. The U.S. was led by uh, Jim Brewer and Tom Henderson with nine apiece. Didn't Doug Collins make a couple free throws? He made two them... real cuts because yeah. he got tackled going to the basket there on the drive, and he was down for a good, watching it again, 90 seconds. The trainers are looking at him. He got up, and he just uh, switched but, two yeah. free throws. Really clutch. Should have won the game for him, um, but then that real sour ending. So, uh, Jim Brewer and Tom McMillan. Okay. Uh, Tom Henderson. Tom Henderson. Tom McMillan okay. was part of the guy, one of the guys who collided in, in the on the screw up yeah. there on the last basket. He only had two points. Tom McMillan went on to be a congressman, was it in Maryland? I uh, think so. Yeah, he ended up having he quite was a real highly career. recruited out of high school. Yeah. So. Uh, very uh, good. Yeah, 50 years it, ago. Well, since then, I think the U.S. has made amends in the yeah. basketball world. So, Pretty well, pretty well. Okay, well, there's some sports shorts, some selections, a little handicapping. And, okay, we'll finish it off with trivia. Last week's question, we didn't get a correct answer. Who was the first horse to win 10 races at Emerald Downs? Tim McCanna trainee, not too unsurprising there. But how about the fact when we had our one winter meeting in starting in uh, December of 1996 and going up until I think the 1st of March 1997, Pretty Peggy Slew won four races at the winter meeting, which totaled about uh, 20-some days, I think it was all it was. She won four times. She was the first to 10 wins at Emerald Downs, the Slew mare, Pretty Peggy Slew. And I got a couple answers, Chemo's friend, Fleet Pacific. So... We don't have to line up any swag this time, but keep trying. This week's question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Of the meat leading horse in Washington at the major meets of Long Acres, Yakima Meadows, or Emerald Downs from 1970 to 2021, which one of those horses 
had the most wins in that season. So we're going all the way back to 1970, the meat-leading earning horse, most money. Which one had the most wins? There's only one. So do your research. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Vince's uh, brain is working pretty good right now. I think I know it. You might know it. He probably does. Send your answers. Trivia at emeralddowns.com for the third time. And hey, thanks much. Hope to see you at the track. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs for Horse Racing Northwest.